Garbage Film. This is the podcast where we link trashy movies and arty films, and we're here to say they're not too different. Uh, you can have fun watching both. And to prove it, we will take this week's artier movie and pair it with something relatively trashy. And I will say that today's subject definitely falls into the arty category just because it old. It's uh, old and in black and white yep. and based on a book. <laughs> Therefore, that's art, baby. That's art to me. <laughs> I remain one of your hosts. I am Nick, and with me as always is my partner and co-host, Aaron. Hi, Aaron. I am Aaron. Hi. <laughs> Hello. How you doing? Good. Great. I got rained on this morning, so oh. I'm a little like, I feel like a Dickensian orphan, just... Ooh. I'm damp and cold. I feel like that's the proper mood. Yeah. Yeah, we're recording. It's a rainy day. It's October. Yeah, it's we're starting to get that day. chill in the air. You can see your breath a little bit. You're seeing or not seeing invisible men everywhere. <laughs> oh, well, that was a bit of a hard <laughs> turn, but we'll take it. In case you were wondering, today's movie is going to be The Invisible Man. Dun, dun, dun. No, not that movie. No, not that movie not, either. Not. <laughs> not that one either. The We're talking the original Invisible Man movie. <laughs> there are so many. <laughs> Not the song by Queen. Oh, is there one? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna. Have, okay. It's just the lyric. I'm the Invisible Man oh, over great. and over. It's great. Uh, but yes, we're talking 1933's Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. An Invisible Man can rule the world. He can hear every secret. He can rob and rape and kill. Don't you see what it means? Power. Power to rule, to make the world grovel at my feet. You're crazy to know who I am, aren't you? All right, I'll show you. This is uh, directed by James Whale, who did a lot of the old Universal. No, a lot of. He gets. He's good in there. Credit for a lot of the Universal horror movies, of which this is one. Yes. Uh, we all remember the dark universe of recent years, so we all know about this. <laughs> We're all very familiar with the dark universe, Nick. I don't even think we have to go into it. It's good because I took no notes because I know it's just part of the zeitgeist. It's just we all we're all aware. <laughs> Barely worth talking about. This is written by R.C. Sheriff, who I like to call Radio Controlled Sheriff, based on H.G. Wells' titular man and book. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I assume it's a real. It's a true story. Uh, the <laughs> visual effects. The visual effects were pioneered by John P. Fulton, who was a big name back then. Okay. Uh, we got John J. Mescal and Frank D. Williams in the mix as well. Uh, but we're all here for the big names. This is starring Claude Rains as the Woo! Invisible Man, or as it credits him in the opening, which is so cute. In brackets. The Invisible One. It is so precious. They're going through the, like, you know, 30s black and white title card where the prelude music is playing over it. Claude Rains says, I forget his name even, Jack Griffin? I don't even know that they give his name off the top. It just oh, says, like, okay, sure. The Invisible One. And literally, in brackets, he's The Invisible One. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you, Ted. Uh, no, now I know what I'm here for. All right. <laughs> yeah, in case you missed the huge Invisible Man thing before yeah. him, like, wait, I missed that. What was it? Oh, The Invisible One. Gotcha. Do you think people spent the whole movie looking for Claude Rains? <laughs> he's in every like, scene. Where the fuck is he? <laughs> Waste of money. <laughs> uh... The special effects budget through the roof. They inserted a Claude Rains into every scene. <laughs> You've got an elf on the shelf. <laughs> Deal, but it's Claude Rains. That would creep me out. Rains on the reins. He's on a horse all the oh, time. Yeah. Uh... It's first draft. Come on. Okay, fine. Be charitable. <laughs> You've had almost 100 years. <laughs> anyway, uh, who else is in oh, this movie that this? I can see? Yes, these are all visible ones, mm-hmm. which they didn't go through and say in the title cards, which I think is a waste. Bit rude. Uh, but you got Gloria Stewart as Flora Cranley, William Harrigan as Arthur Kemp, and uh, Henry Travers as Dr. Cranley. But the real star is Una O'Connor as Jenny Hall, the landlady. Inarguably, yes. Uh, the the decibels coming off Una. <laughs> the the range of, yeah, that, that fucking... <laughs> Just, She's in the stratosphere yeah. of notes you can hit with the human voice while still talking and not singing. Yeah, it's like a lot of Britishisms get called bird-like, I feel like, but this is mm. this is the the core of it. Like she, yeah. oftentimes I couldn't understand what she was saying. It was just like, ah, bird sounds, yeah. good. <laughs> what the fuck? 
course. Yeah, basically. Uh, so let's go through a rundown of this classic. So if you're planning on reading the book or watching this movie, mm. do so, pause it, and just do it right now, and then come back and we'll talk about the Invisible Man. Quite well, short. Yeah, I won't feel too bad because this is, as Aaron mentioned, almost 100 years old. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> so, enter on... A snowy night, a stranger, his face swathed in bandages and eyes obscured by dark goggles, takes a room at the Lion's Head Inn in the English village of Iping in Sussex. The uh, man, bandaged man, demands to be left alone. Over time, the stranger makes a huge mess in his room with lots of chemistry and just various mad scientists. Beakers, bubbling things. ah. Classic sign of mad science. uh, Just kind of dumping it all over the room. Huge mess. Uh, and he stopped paying rent, which is a big one. Uh, yeah, I don't know how he expected to get away with that. I'm, um... He's focused. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Hall, the innkeeper, after Una yells at him to do this, he tries to throw the stranger out. But the stranger throws Mr. Hall down the stairs and gives him, obviously, like a concussion or something, which they yeah. treat with booze. As or... one does, yeah. <laughs> they bring in the, a local Bobby, I believe they'd be called, a policeman. <laughs> Uh, and some local civilians, they form a nice, cute little mob uh, to try and get the Invisible Man out, who we don't yet know he's an Invisible Man, but he removes all of his bandages and goggles, revealing that he is, in fact, invisible. Yeah, he goes on to a, like, oh, you think, right, I've had it up to here with you people. Look what you're dealing with. You Do you think me. you have, yeah. <laughs> this will be the last straw. <laughs> yeah. The last visible straw. <laughs> From here on out, only straws you can't see. <laughs> he lets loose a maniacal laugh. Great maniacal laughter in this movie. So good. As you might imagine, most of the performances based on, like, just the most theatrical fucking deliveries oh, yeah. from Claude Rains. You have to sell it with your voice. He's amazing. He's so good. Like Simply wonderful. It could be corny, and it's, it's a little corny, but in such a good way. It's, yeah, it's I love great. it. Uh, but he takes off his clothes even, so he's fully naked. There is a nude Claude Rains throughout this movie. Full frontal, this movie. 75% <laughs> of this movie has full. a penis in it. Uh, so he's undetectable, but and using his superpowers, drives off his tormentors and flees into the countryside. Uh, not to be seen. Mm. We learn by cutting to uh, the lab where he used to work. The stranger is named Dr. Jack Griffin, and he's a chemist. Flora Cranley, Griffin's fiance and the daughter of Griffin's employer, Dr. Cranley, becomes distraught over Griffin's long absence. Uh, Cranley and his, his assistant, Dr. Kemp, search Griffin's empty laboratory, finding only a single note in the cupboard listing chemicals, including something called monocane, a chemical created for... This movie. Yeah. Uh, which Cranley knows is extremely dangerous. An injection of it drove a dog mad in Germany, and Griffin is unaware of this dog. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> this is the time when you had to, like, if you couldn't get a telegram to someone in time, they would just get on the boat and you wouldn't hear from them yeah. for seven months. Like, this is the speed at which information travels. So, yeah, I'm not sure why anyone would have heard of this dog in Germany. But I love that someone, yeah, went to the trouble of writing down, like, hey, we found a, a, a chemical that bleached a dog and made <laughs> oh, it yeah. insane. Right. But, like... Wouldn't most chemicals, if you inject them into a dog without supervision, make the dog angry? We gave it meth, and for some reason it's losing its mind. I tried bigger and bigger doses of cocaine, and the dog just got crazier. No matter what I did, crazier and crazier. The The more chemicals I add, the weirder this dog behaves. Yeah, Germans. Fucking weirdos. Let me get some some good uh, exoticism here of, like, monocane is from a rare flower in India. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you can see them picking a country out of a hat. Like, yeah. where is someone not likely to be? Like, eh, uh, sure, yeah. Where no we'll, one's likely to call us on this. Yeah, our audience has not been to India. It's fine. Uh, on the evening that he escapes from the inn, Griffin turns up in Kemp's home. He forces Kemp to become his visible partner in a plot to dominate the world through what he he literally describes as a reign of terror, one of my favorite moments in the movie. So great. He just uh, turns to him. He's like, okay, here's what we'll do. We'll soon put the world right now, Kemp. We'll begin with a reign of terror. A few murders here and there. Uh, but first, they gotta get his stuff back. So... 
They drive back to the inn to retrieve his notebooks on the invisibility process because uh, the idea here is that our invisible man, Jack Griffin, wants to find a way to reverse the process so that he can trade off times where he's visible and invisible. Yes, because there are some downsides to the invisibility. Yeah, which I like that they go into, like, if he eats, like, yeah, you can just see the food floating for the next... 90 minutes yeah, or so. He describes yeah. like walking through the fog and like the the sooty air of, of London and like you can see a man-shaped cloud <laughs> moving through this soot in yeah. the air. <laughs> and meanwhile the the townspeople are the police are saying, "Oh, it's a hoax. You know, this didn't happen." And the townspeople are being like, "No, one stole my bike." Yeah. <laughs> he threw my hat on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> How much did you have to drink? <laughs> well, only like a dozen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but thanks to his invisibility, Griffin manages to sneak inside while the uh, police inquiry is underway. He steals his books back, and being angry at being called a hoax, Griffin just caves the officer's head in with a bench. Yeah, he could have gotten away with his books and, like, fucked off from this village, but he's like, no, fuck that cop. So he takes a bench and just... And you don't cut away or anything, you just see a police officer lying on the floor, a bench falls onto his head you can see the neck snap and they do not cut away for any of this it's a lot for 1933 or now quite honestly yeah it is surprising now if only because you're like oh it's the 30s they're gonna be like a gunshot sound effect and then somebody falls over is like the most violence you will ever see yeah like no we stove his head in (laughs) i saw the skull fracture (laughs) uh back at home kemp calls cranley and the police uh, to help him from, he's just being held hostage in his home and he doesn't know where uh, where Griffin is at any time. Yep. Uh, Flora persuades her father to let her come along to use the power of love uh-huh. to bring him back from the brink. Terrible idea. In her presence, Griffin becomes placid and calls her darling. He's doting and he says that this is all for her. Uh, to, you know, I'm going to become rich and powerful and then you'll be taken care of forever. Mm -hmm. But then he realizes that Kemp has betrayed him by calling the cops. His first reaction is to get Flora away from danger. Uh, Get away from Flora and get away from danger. Misspoke there. He promises Kemp that he will return at 10 o'clock the next night to murder him. Yeah, (laughs) be here at 10 so I can kill you. Just so, like, such psychological torture of this guy. Oh, it's like, you know, it sounds a little goofy, but yeah, you can't see where this guy is. Yeah. You have no, if anyone ever opens a door, he might be in your house now. Like, it's, yeah. it is pretty chilling to think about. And they, I love how much focus, especially the police take on like, okay, we'll do this thing where we sweep a net across mm, the entire mm-hmm. room because that's the only way we could like justifiably be sure that there's nobody in here with us. Yeah. Like, yeah. Good They're stuff. pretty, like, they gotten onto it pretty fast. Yeah. Considering mm-hmm. it's a fucking invisible man. Uh, But Griffin decides to take out his rage on the local populace. He just goes about on a killing spree, uh, including the derailment of a train. uh, He fucks up the signalman's post and, like, switches the the tracks over to the bridge that doesn't exist. Which he promises he's going to do earlier in the movie. It's just a great Chekhov signalman kind of thing. Yeah, he has this list of, like, here's what I'll do for the Reign of Terror. Like, the most effective thing will just be killing a bunch of people by messing up the train signals. Yeah. Because you don't know. You can't see it coming. And it's it's a random pattern, so there's no yeah. way to predict what's going to happen. Just, there's your Reign of Terror. Literally. He's just doing domestic terror. Yeah, he is. It's wild. Uh, and he also throws some people off a cliff, so lots of murders going on here. Yeah. Uh, the police kind of are out of ideas. They offer a thousand pound reward for anybody who has a viable idea. Like, that's yeah. how, like, they're scraping the barrel. Uh, but uh, everyone knows Griffin is the sort to hold a grudge, so they know he's going to come back at 10 o'clock for Kemp. Mm-hmm. So there's all these, they start, like, the stakeout idea of we'll get him. We'll, we'll go yeah, through this whole we'll just rigmarole. put all our cops in front of the house and we'll make sure, like, nobody opens a door without, you know, yeah. we'll draw the blinds so that we know he can't, yeah. So they try a classic bait-and-switch maneuver, but it doesn't fool Griffin. Uh, he's just hiding in the backseat of Kemp's car all night. Yeah. And nobody's like, yeah, of course. Yeah, obviously. He's invisible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he just throws him off, like, in his car, straight, like, ties him up. And rolls the car off a cliff. Yes. Pretty yeah. brutal again for the 30s. Yeah. And he takes uh, a lot of glee in doing it. Oh, it's, yeah. He's very proud of himself. Oh, yeah. Uh, after this, a snowstorm forces Griffin to seek shelter in a barn where he falls asleep and is clearly getting sick from 
yeah, he's exposure. Like all yeah, yeah, because he's nude. Like he's wandering around in the winter, you know, snow up to your knees, yeah. and like is not clothed and has not eaten. Uh, but the farmer hears him snoring and coughing and sneezing and calls the police where they they smoke him out. They set fire to the barn and a police officer shoots him down. Yeah, they which, can see his footsteps in the snow coming yep. out of the barn. They which is a cool effect. It looks really good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we get a... I, I love this little moment that I, it is not in the book uh, because if I remember right, Flora doesn't exist in the book. Um, but they have a, like, at his deathbed, like, oh, he'll be gone soon. And as he dies, the invisibility wears off, and you get to see him for the first time. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Right at the end. And it's a real, like, we tampered in God's domain kind of ending. (laughs) Everyone takes off their hat and holds it to their (laughs) chest. Yeah, the fiancé weeps at the bedside. Yeah. As the clearly evil man passes away. Yeah, they even, like, his, he's got, like, jet black hair, which looks really weird on Claude Rains. Yeah. (laughs) It's very pointy. Yeah. yeah. So that's uh, The Invisible Man, which, as somebody who read a lot of H.G. Wells growing up, mm-hmm. I was a, I'm so glad to have finally watched this. Like, as yeah. far as adaptations go, pretty pretty faithful. Like, all the big beats are there. It's a yeah. good time. Yeah. We were thinking of what, what are the Universal, Universal Studios or Universal Pictures, you know, the classic horror. Yeah. Saturday morning movies like what what ones do we want to watch mm. we haven't really gone through them because they're just kind of dated at this point but yeah. then I was like no there's like there's some real good like they are classics for a reason yeah this one is like in concept very scary and in execution like the effects are really good really for 1933 good. like honestly really yeah. good there's a few where it's all obviously like okay well this is how they processed that shot you can you don't see the string holding the items that the invisible yeah. man is meant to be carrying but you but can you feel the string there yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah but it's really like they it's a movie that rests on convincing you of the idea that you cannot see this person like coming. There's, there's one shot where he confronts kemp for the first time and he's smoking a cigarette that looks yeah. that scene looks i don't understand so good i don't understand yeah. how they did it he he would have had to like that he's holding a matchbook yeah he's holding the cigarette and like clear you can see him changing hands with yeah, it yeah like, and yet there's yeah. no it's just a matchbook floating in the air and just, i just i don't understand and it's you wild. can see the inhale of the cigarette and yes. the exhale of the smoke it's, it's honestly fucking rad so good yeah Love who it. did you say the who's the effects guru john for this? fulton Okay. Do you want to know how they did those types of things? Oh my god, please. Uh, I I almost understand this. Okay. (laughs) So. Bring it on. I'll say it at you verbatim and then you tell me if you understand this. (laughs) Sure. Um, So the way that, not all of the shots, but the ones where there's like clothing floating uh, or the. He's walking around or manipulating like tools. Yeah. Like things where you can feel the presence of a human body there. That like they, they couldn't, uh, the cigarette scene is the perfect example. Okay. what they did was the actor would have would be covered head to toe in black vinyl. Um, oh, cool for or him. Or black velvet, sorry, black velvet. Ooh. To make it non-reflective, no light. Okay. And then they put on all the props and clothes and do whatever they need to do for the thing. So like in this scene where he's sitting smoking, he's just wearing head to toe black velvet just unitard. Just a unitard, yeah. Um, picture Green Man from Always yeah, Sunny. Yeah, I was actually. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so black velvet head to toe, and then they shot it in a set that was black velvet all over the walls all over the props all over everything okay. so that all the camera is picking up are the props are the clothes oh, and all that oh 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 okay. and then they took it like if you notice all of the shots that have this kind of thing where the human presence is there yeah. they're all static now the camera is never moving that i get yeah for so sure. then they left the camera in position they rip everything off and then they just film a static shot that takes the same amount of time and then they overlay <laughs> the they like reverse the um Oh, what the hell is it? They they take the negative of the black velvet stuff. Um, yeah. And they duplicate it to make it serve as a mat for printing. And then they combine the two rolls of film that they've made so that you're just seeing a static shot with somebody moving over top. Basically, they created the effect of green screen before green screen existed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Instead of filling in the... It's like the opposite of green screen almost, right? Where you're, mm. you don't fill in the parts that are covered up. You just yeah. make them not exist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I had it right up until duplicate Matt for printing, when you get into but the I, I stuff. believe you. <laughs> Bra- big brain, uh, galaxy yeah. brain version where you're not thinking about details. Yeah. I like that seems like a very ingenious way to go about it. That's where like great. had never been done before. 
That's uh, what I fucking yeah. love about these movies from the 30s is like it just had to someone had to invent a way of looking at images. <laughs> That's pr- I love every single instance of that is yeah. galaxy brain to me. And then there'd be shots like there's a bunch of scenes where Claude Rains has taken off his dark sunglasses, but he's still got the wrap on, and you can yeah. see through the eyes to, to the, the back. back of the wrap. And that those were all hand painted oh, after the fact, oh, which okay. that's where you oh, get. Oh well, they're great. Yeah, okay. it takes like all two right. to three months for special effects, and a lot of that is just like people <laughs> slaving over like I have to make it look like Claude Rains isn't there. <laughs> Painstakingly <laughs> drawing a bandage. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then there's other Makes stuff sense. like where he's unwrapping. Uh, yes. That was done with. Um, Are those models, maybe? No, it is Claude Rains himself with his head tucked into his jacket, and it's a wireframe head on top that has the wrapping on that they unwraps, and then they paint over the wires in post. So wild. It looks so good. It looks so good. Like, Like, it's not movie magic or anything, but it is basically perfect for, for what you're doing. And, like... Uh, there's so many great like the the images of like there's one point where Claude Rains is skipping down the street in just pants and singing it's so creepy there's a Dr. Seuss book I think with a pair of pants that just wanders around on its own are you familiar with this? I am not familiar with this hope I didn't just invent this in like a fever dream in my childhood but it scared the shit out of me as a kid and that's what I flashed back to when I saw that this woman is like dropping her groceries and screaming she's being chased by an empty pair of pants (laughs) Well, did Dr. Seuss see The Invisible Man, maybe? Uh, Oh, he would have. This would have been about the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. I still don't, like, the idea that they could shoot this so carefully, like, the Black Velvet thing, I understand. Uh, the the idea that you wouldn't accidentally like you can see the whole matchbook the whole time yeah. there's no you can see the whole cigarette it's not like there's a fuzzy spot where his fingers should have been yeah. I don't I don't get it at all that's where like either that, that's there's the craft of it <laughs> <laughs> starring Nev Campbell I think uh, <laughs> watch that okay sure yeah we're <laughs> um, yeah, like. That's the type of thing that I, d- I definitely didn't think about, but then reading the special yeah. effects process after, like, oh my god, what? this would be so hard. This would be, like, like I yeah, borderline impossible. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but anyway, it's a great time. And this I is, love that. Thank I should you. specify, too, this movie is 70 minutes, I think, so this is an yeah. absolutely great just, like, toss it on just, yeah. watch. Just uh, jam-packed full of insane cackling and... <laughs> I keep, like, it's too bad that Cloris Leachman wouldn't have been. Oh, yeah. She would be a perfect addition. Around at this time, yes. This, she would have been Mrs. Hall, the <laughs> innkeeper. That part was written for Cloris Leachman. But. Speaking of her, I just wanted to mention that uh, she kept ruining takes because she was making James Whale laugh too hard. <laughs> and Good. Just... <laughs> okay, I was like, is this supposed to be very it's, funny because it is com- very funny? She was a comic actress. So so we are talking Cloris Leachman here <laughs> yeah, as well. That much okay. energy. That Very much that energy. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what fun. It was such fun. And like, uh, I feel like a lot of the takes go on a little too long because yeah. it is being like, do, do your thing, going, Una. Keep going. <laughs> Una. Again. You look at her and you're like, yes, your name is Una. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Uh, give you some info about about what led up to this <laughs> Please do. invisible bad boy. Oh, oh sure, sure. Uh, so everyone knows Dracula is a movie that everyone liked. Sure. Uh, that was that was in 1931. Yeah. So when that hits huge, because it was like a stage play beforehand. So this was a like oh. an unproven commodity until Dracula comes out. And they're like, hey, money. Hey. <laughs> Look at those piles of money. So Universal starts buying up as many of these gothic horror-y type things oh, as they can. And one of the first ones that they bought was was uh, Invisible Man. They bought it like this, that same year as Dracula in sure. 1931. Was it very popular? Like, did the story go gangbusters? Like, was it a popular story? Dracula or Invisible Man? Invisible Man. Yeah, it, it okay. was. It was like up there with... So this is H.G. Wells' book up there with War of the Worlds and sure, okay, and uh, uh, I can only remember the movie title. Island of Lost Souls is Island of Dr. Dr. Moreau, Moreau. Yeah. Um, the Time Machine, and all that. Yeah, jazz. so okay. Invisible Man is like as lauded, sure, at the time. famous so, book. Yeah, so it, that's from the 1890s, and H.G. Wells is still alive right now. So they negotiate sure. with him, and he says, "Yep, you can do it. Uh, just give me um, like final pass on the script to make sure you're not gonna." destroy my story fuck it up yeah 
Uh, but the reason it took until 1933 was because directors and writers kept getting attached and then released. Um, sure. So okay. classic studio juggling yeah. of stuff. Like, no one can... Like, that those years version of development hell. Like, development hell lasts a decade now, but it, if it took longer than a year, it was like, will this thing ever get made? I mean, development hell in the early 30s is like, oops, another director hit someone with a car and we had to send them <laughs> away to Italy for yeah. a year. Someone mm. found out that this direct, this actor is gay. We need to find him a wife immediately. Yeah. They yeah. need to go on a courtship away from the paparazzi. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so by the time it gets to our current creative team, which is James Whale and Radio Control <laughs> Sheriff, uh, I'm going to keep calling him that because it's fun. And I'll never get an opportunity again. This is the one episode. That's true. That's fair <laughs> enough. Sorry, Mr. Sheriff. So by the time the, this group is in there, no one has read this book. No one knows. <laughs> oh, good. They know it's about an invisible man of sorts. Okay. Um, plus, uh, you add into that that no one at Universal, at the studio side, at this point had read or owned a copy of the book. So what they're going off of, uh, all they have are 14 loose treatments done by the various writers that they fired. <laughs> uh, so this is just an insanely expensive game of telephone. Yeah, pretty much. Cool. Yeah. So uh, some other examples include uh, Preston Sturgis wrote a treatment uh, where it took <laughs> place in Tsarist Russia, where the Invisible Man was like a pauper who becomes invisible and kills the royal family. Jesus Christ. <laughs> he was fired the next day. <laughs> You know that he didn't want the job, and he was like, what's the most batshit thing I can do to what get me sell? out of here? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you got fired. Uh, and there's one that's set on Mars. Uh, uh, sorry? There's one that's set on Mars. No, no, no. Stop right there. So I guess you can say, see the spacesuit, but it's invisible inside. I don't know. <laughs> I have questions. That's all the info I got on that. So how dare you? How dare you? That's just I want to. I want to teach others to research. This is just Google. You can't just hand Invisible you. Man Mars and believe the first thing that comes and up. And enjoy. Wow. And none of these. Uh, none of these writers stuck around, huh? Nope. Okay. Cool. Uh, so sheriff comes in, uh, and he is like, "No, this sucks. These all suck." I need to you know. You are insane. Yeah, I need to you. know what the actual story is, please. Oh my god, obviously. So he starts looking for the book, but despite its popularity, it's out of print. It doesn't exist anymore. You oh. can't get it. Um, so he spends a lot of time going through secondhand bookshops and eventually finds like a really tattered ass version that he like throws down a penny for or how much books cost back then. Uh, and he read it and he was like, this is fine. We don't need to change anything. Let's just do the book. I was going to say, like, how hard is it to just. Put that on. Okay. I think it was the special effects that that um, people wanted to. Okay. That no, that they were like, oh, this will be impossible to do in a sitting. People recognize. Yeah. yeah. We have to like, yeah, ham it up real hard. Um, so is the idea okay? Maybe here's a very gracious reading of oh. whoever the fuck came up with Mars as the treatment. <laughs> Would it be the like, oh, we don't. There's no rules for this, so we don't have to worry about things looking realistic. I because, think so. Okay, we're just gonna set it. We're gonna make a rule of like, oh, and. Um, they always have to have their spacesuit on because it's on Mars. There you go. Don't yeah, have to or like, chill oh, out for effect. He's invisible and the ray guns are invisible. Sure, so yeah, yeah, like that kind of. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. That's. I'll I, allow that. I think that's part of it, but it's not like all of it because, you know. It's still Mars. Yeah. I should say, like I said, they're all treatments. So these are not one of these are an accepted script. <laughs> they were all looked at okay. and like, no, this sucks. New writer, please. Okay. Uh, but uh, like I said, uh, this is very good knew the part of the reason that all these treatments were refused is because wells they i don't know that any of them actually made them to wells but they I were looked at imagine. as like he's not gonna say yes yeah, to what do you fucking think Turn so around, they get out of here they do this adaptation where they include flora and they simplify a lot of the science and they're like how okay. does this look hg wells and he's like yeah that's fine everyone's like so enthusiastic about this. yeah it's fine all right <laughs> shoot that yeah uh and then we get to casting so those who know the early Universal stuff will know that Boris Karloff is like the, up there with Bela Lugosi for yeah. the the originators. The poles. Yeah. So he's your Frankensteins, he's your mummies, and so on on this list. Dark universe, you don't have to tell me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But he fought with James Whale a bunch, and he was very diva about it. Uh, the director decided, this is his tactful way of putting it, James Whale decided that he wanted someone with an intellectual voice. Okay. And Karloff so had a lisp. So, oh, rude. Yeah. Where's <laughs> Karloff had a lisp? Turns out, yep. Oh, okay. Uh, that was a big issue for James Whale, so mm -hmm. he did not like it. 
And I love the way that he found Claude Rains, because you were right, very stage-ish. This yes. is Claude Rains' first movie. Oh, God. <laughs> he had no intention of working in movies. He was a stage actor. Okay. Like, that's Makes what sense he, to me. Yeah, he had spent his entire life up until that point doing. Um, but he had, he had tested for a few things, not as a, like, this is my next big thing, but as a, like, I'll do it, whatever, because stage play pays nothing like he's on he he is so <laughs> poor everywhere right yeah, yeah yeah um did they do that thing back in the day where like so and so is asking for too much money we gotta bring in this guy who oh yes oh yeah he's a gem like we're really Absolutely. riding on him yeah yeah okay. like All people right. scouting plays to be like oh what about this claude character yeah. and boris boris, boris is, is like sweating. okay i'll take like five thousand less yeah <laughs> All right. yeah so somebody in another room is listening to claude rain's screen test for a movie and James Whale's sitting there like, this voice is spectacular. <laughs> so It does carry the movie. And he, so it's this, how do you screen test for an invisible man? You just oh, hear the voice. fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, I'm going to need you to stay right where you are. I'm going to go outside. Yeah. <laughs> Start whenever you're ready. Included in that is that they wanted to have a voice that could sound muffled, but still be incredibly clear because there's so much yeah, time that he has bandages in his face. Yeah. He's uh, covered up. Yeah. Uh, and there is some muffling to all of his voice, but he is, he has such an incredibly clear tenor. Yes. That it's, yeah. You have to project into the back of a hall. Yeah. Oh my god. It's great. I ah. love that. Mwah! It's perfect timing too for Claude Rains who was about to quit acting and buy oh. a farm. Like <laughs> literally he was going to go to New Jersey. He had a farm in mind that he was like getting ready to set a down payment on. I was just like okay I'll try this movie first and then became a huge and star. And then exploded. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. Aw, Claude. It's so cute. I love that. I hope that's not apocryphal, because that is just, ugh. Mm. My internet research is top-notch. That's so true. Have... I, I, fair <laughs> enough. I didn't mean to impugn. Uh, I don't have any sources. The... <laughs> the... So when you say research. <laughs> I spoke to the ghost of Claude Rains. Uh, he was Primary invisible. source. Okay. Um, and I just like this as an aside, uh, Reigns gets huge off this, but there's two uncredited people that became huge later on. Okay. Uh, there's a Walter Brennan in here who people know oh, from, Oh, like, Walter Brennan, yes. Yeah, from, like, Rio Bravo and stuff. He's the yeah. guy who gets his bike stolen. Um, so oh, okay. in the police inquiry, he stands up and he's like, no, it's real! And, like, that's his one sure. line. okay. And John Carradine appears oh, as fuck. a guy who's reading a newspaper and gets told a joke. He doesn't uh, even have yeah. any lines, I don't think. I think he's just tall and <laughs> ill-humored. Yeah. <laughs> Gaunt. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't... And he's like, ha ha And then he looks over and there's no one there. And he's like, oh. It's not even that. It's him and a buddy are reading a newspaper. And the one guy's like, yeah, I read about a guy who was invisible. He could make peanuts disappear or whatever. Oh, and yeah. John Carradine doesn't react to the joke. And they cut away. And you're like, I joke. wonder what that scene was about. <laughs> <laughs> wonder why that was in there. Anyway. Yeah. So just well, like, John Carradine just immersing himself in, like, gothic horror real young. Oh, yes. I'm assuming. Yeah, I he no always clue. looked... It's the 1930s problem of, like, when you're 20 years old, you look like you're 70 now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was no... You didn't have to look cute. Yeah, you've been at... You've had an office since you were six years old, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, Dewey is for just came out of the womb. <laughs> the rest of the time you are gone. <laughs> ah. Yeah, so I like I that. that. All yep. right. Uh, some other fun facts here. The invi- This is one of the reasons I wanted to do this movie specifically as opposed to the other Universal ones. Okay. All the other Universal monster movies, you've got like Dracula and oh no, he has his victims and there's yeah, like a couple. Oh, thrall. Uh, the Invisible Man has the highest body count of all Go of them. Oh shit. I just wanted to see yeah, how that would come about. He, uh, body count of 122. <laughs> That's, like, higher than a James Bond movie. Yeah, it is. Like, that is a lot of murders. Like, he... The hand, train, right? Yeah, like, the train accounts for about 100. Yeah. But then there's, like, a dozen people that he just slays. Yeah, yeah. He just fucking murders them. Chokes to death, hits him with a bench, throws yeah. him off a cliff. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Good stuff. Yeah. So he's... Did he get one guy with an axe or something? Anyway, uh, yeah. We just watched this and I already forget. <laughs> mm. Anyway. Rex o'clock. That Get, four clock. Oh, that clock didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, damn. And a dog. A dog died. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That poor dog. Mm. Mm. Thoughts are with him at this time. Doggy prayers. Uh, just to wrap up H.G. Wells, he didn't love the adaptation. Um, oh, okay. Because he But won- it's like his book, verbatim. <laughs> uh, they, they took out a lot of the science stuff. Oh, so in the book, he's much more love. of a like... 
Uh, he stumbled on it by accident. Yeah, and he's like a well-reasoned person to start and then becomes sure. insane. Yeah. Or, there, or there's there's that backstory. The and this he makes is, him insane. And in this, he's just nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is a full-on psycho. Yeah. Like, he's, he's the glee. And I know this is part of his, like, how he's, you know, you have to carry the performance with mm. your your voice. But, like, the glee in his voice when he's talking about how he'll just pick off a few innocent bystanders yeah. here and there and there will be no rhyme or reason to it and it will make people fear him. Yeah. He, loving it. He's loving it. He just want yeah, all the power to like oh. terrorize yeah. whoever he feels like. Yeah. He goes on about like, oh, I'm going to sell my secrets to the highest bidder and then I'll rule the world. Like, yeah. Politically, you cannot stop me. Psychologically, I will be everywhere. <laughs> physically what are you gonna do like i could kill you right now and you wouldn't know it was happening and in all the broad strokes it can sound so like world domination like real mustache twirly stuff yeah. but it's sold so good claude rains he, he's so good. so good bless you yeah claude. yeah and like in part because when he a lot of his maniacal laughter isn't like the mwahaha it's like giddy insane he's so yeah. happy to be yeah to yeah. be murdering like just wants to get down to that one-on-one murder he's not thinking big picture he's an artisanal murderer yeah, yeah. <laughs> bespoke murders <laughs> handcrafted uh and well, for yeah for all of those reasons uh mark hamill bases his like joker performances oh. they're all based on claude rain's yes, performance here i totally see that which i saw that come up and was like yeah a, that's a one-to-one like there's barely even interpretation there it's just mark <laughs> hamill has a different sounding voice but it's all barely the same. Yeah. yeah barely oh that's amazing yeah yay <laughs> yay i always love when that comes up yeah it's good oh, stuff that's great yeah, yeah. okay 122 victims yeah. in a 70 minute movie in a 70 that's more than like <laughs> or almost at two murders a minute wow when you put it that way yeah you run the math on this it's a mm-hmm. uh, well that's this is one of the things that like i didn't really know too much about but like mm. invisible man is widely considered to be the most like nefariously evil of the dark universe of the dark universe (laughs) we're gonna make it a thing just by doing this podcast (laughs) yeah no i believe it like that's that's the uh, that's the actual like you could easily just call this a straight psychological horror movie and that's it is horrifying to think about i haven't seen that i haven't seen any of the other like the spawn of Mm. this movie or the dark universe reboot um with elizabeth (laughs) moss which i hear is very good but yeah if you play up that angle of like he could be sitting beside you right the fuck now Mm. and he hates you even though you've done nothing wrong like that's that's a great to play with that and to make people feel unsafe in their own homes and like he likes to make you feel unsafe in your own home Mm -hmm. is is extremely off-putting yeah Oh man, yeah. I just love it's. I have such a hard time articulating what specifically I love about. It's either the performance or the way it's shot. Like it, uh, yeah, it's, it's just great. It is making me excited to check out more of James Whale's work. Indeed, <laughs> yeah, they're all on all. Some of them are on Criterion now. There's like yeah. a Halloween feature of the Universal monster movies. Yeah, so we'll have to move through those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. What's the first thing you would do if you were invisible? Oh, I'd probably sneak into movies. <laughs> Well, no, this so is pure. this is the one of the most relatable things in this movie is that he doesn't start out smashing like well no he smashes people because he gets mad but then he yeah. doesn't follow that up with murders right away he just starts like throwing glasses off shelves and dunking people's That's hats true. and stuff he's bullying he's just a huge bully he yeah. gets a real taste for it like yeah oh he goes power mad immediately yeah, yeah like nobody's gonna sit down and be like okay I'm gonna rob this bank which I feel like is what like the fifties versions of it and stuff do yeah um social disorder in the yeah. 30s was like you can't ride your bike to church anymore <laughs> yeah but it's just it's so like knee-jerk response like i'm gonna dump this kid's books because i can <laughs> and then you're like wait i could start a reign of terror holy fuck <laughs> i could sneak into the senate <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it would be something really harmless like that. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know what I would do? I would go up to people's dogs and pet them because I feel so weird about it in real life when they can see me. I'm like, hello, I'm ignoring you. Your dog and I, I will, are going to have a friendship. I will not make eye contact yeah. with you. <laughs> I refuse to learn anything about you. Just here for the dog. Eyes down, I will enter submissive posture. <laughs> <laughs> So I'd I'd go for I'd go for dog friendship. I like that. That's but cute. They wouldn't. They the dogs don't like him in this movie because they can smell him but not mm. see him. Oh yeah, that's they right. They don't care for that, so I don't think it would turn out well for me. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that's probably an aspect that gets played up a lot in the future of uh, in future the, installments of yeah. just like when the dog barks, then you know you what know. has happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair. So that's that's all the info I've got for you on Invisible Man and Invisible Men. I love that wholeheartedly. Okay, wait. Yeah, what are the spookiest? So, Invisible Man, Jack Griffin. Holy fuck. Wait, is that the name of... uh, Who's the main guy in AP Bio? That's his Ah! name, right? (laughs) Jack Griffin? It is. (laughs) Uh, Well, same attitude. He's part of the Dark Dark Universe now. (laughs) Dennis Duffy is part of the Dark Universe. No, Dennis... Oh, fuck. What the fuck is his name? He's so good. I'm sorry. This person. Glenn Howerton. Glenn Howerton. Yes. Dennis Duffy is from 30 Rock. Oh, my bad. Got my we'll, Dennis's we'll get them. Cut, All Dennis's all this. are evil. It's yeah. fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you got your Menace. You got your Duffy. You got your... What's his last name, right? Uh, Dennis Menace? Dennis Menace. No, it's Dennis the Menace. <laughs> oh, no. I was thinking Dennis the Phantom Menace. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Stop thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> you got Jack Griffin, scariest universal person. What do you think? Like, like uh, I don't know. Frankenstein's monster next is that what we're conceptually I feel like that's not only not even for his like attitude and stuff I feel like I wouldn't be able to keep it together even if he's super friendly because yeah that's true I am just just very aware of how many corpses he is (laughs) he is a lot of corpses at any moment parts of him probably fall off all the time while you're talking to him it's gonna smell yeah 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 and he has no goal his violence is kind of random it's reactive, but so like, you'd be yeah. walking on eggshells the whole time. Like, is this cool, toast okay? Yeah. I made you some. There you go. <laughs> and then up. you got, then you got maybe Dracula because I feel like at least Dracula has a goal. Like he just wants to own some real estate. He just wants like a few close friends. You know what I mean? He, yeah, he's. I don't think he has grandeur in him. The worst you can say is that he wants to like franchise. He wants yeah. to move to town and like expand a little bit. Ooh, see, there's your there's your reboot where <laughs> he's sucking the life out of little mom and pop schmops. Dracula colon gener- uh, no, gentrification. No, nightmare. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was trying to say. <laughs> Dracula 2021. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, then you got the, the mummy rest. after that. Oh, the mummy. Cause... The mummy I'm not scared of. I don't know. If you're if you're afraid of an open flame, I don't fear you that much. Afraid of kitty cats? That's yeah, gonna... cats. I'm going off of the... The, the mummy. The yeah, the Brendan Fraser one. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> we gotta oh, watch maybe, Old yeah. Mummy to figure out what his deal is. Well, there's no Brendan Fraser in it. So mm. what the fuck, I ask, <laughs> is the point. It's got a lisping Boris Karloff as a That's mummy. That's so funny to me that he was like a terrifying screen presence and he has this lisp and like people don't like his voice. <laughs> I don't, yeah, oh, I don't know okay. how much he would have been talking in his other roles. Like Frankenstein talks, uh, but not a yeah. lot. And not well. <laughs> and the mummy, I assume, is just groaning and yeah. moaning. So it's really more, are you tall? Yeah. That's, that's the scariness level. That's how we, we yeah. order them. Okay. As a tall man, I feel attacked. But <laughs> <laughs> I fear you. Yeah. So that's your fault. <laughs> Deal with it. Yeah, okay, that's my cross to bear. Yeah. And I'm tall, so I can hold it. Uh, so what's... Um, <laughs> um, Jesus Christ Superstar, now part of the Dark Universe. <laughs> Please tell me what your big takeaways from this here uh, Invisible Man movie is. Yes. Well, I really like that... I know it's not the episode directly before this but when we started out with cure and it was like people just need the slightest of pushes to become evil mm. or to do things that are considered evil mm. this feels a lot like that where it's just it's sort of a you know not that the stanford prison experiment is real <laughs> or like a good source of information but like it's it feels like that sort of thing of like look mm. at the slightest if he hadn't turned invisible he just would have gone around in this vaguely resentful fog all his life like he would have been just bubbling inside like how many people like that are there out there a lot a lot i bet you know 
and so the idea that just like it it go it goes nicely i think hand in hand of like he could be anywhere mm-hmm. therefore it like it's also a, a metaphor of like it could be anyone anyone could be like this yeah he could be anywhere so it effectively is everywhere exactly yeah, yeah. and you're like do you trust there's a lot of you know in the book at least i think there's mm. a lot of I'm sorry, we would like to, like, oh, I'm being attacked by the Invisible Man, run up to the nearest farmhouse. They're like, there's an Invisible Man around. I'm sorry, I can't open the door. Like, it just, it <laughs> yeah. spreads very easily, and it could strike at any at any time in any place, and, mm. and you're not immune to it. And, you know, yeah, I, I like that idea of, like, it could be anyone. Mm. Anyone you know might be evil, because it's, you can't, you don't see it coming. I thought you were going to say anybody you know could be invisible. I'm like, no, I don't think that's right. <laughs> you don't know. Can you see anyone else right now? I can see one person. She's directly in front of me. <laughs> that you know of. Ah. There are actually two of me, so, yeah. Yeah, that's my takeaway is this, like, there's the the broader, you know, social context of, mm. like, actually, you're not safe at mm. any time. And that is the greatest horror movie of all mm. to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's societal horror. Yeah. yeah, and then on the on the this the lower level, pardon me, the more like um, micro level, it is the like extrapolating that into this one person of like hmm. absolute power corrupts absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Just a peak example of that where the his first move is let's plot a reign of terror. <laughs> like I'm better than these people, so I should. Make them know it. Well, it's he, not even the like, am I suddenly becoming? It's like, ah, I was always better than these people, and now oh, I get yeah. to prove it. Yeah, I will say, I feel as though it starts out where he, he gets to that town and he's like hiding himself away so that he can figure out how to reverse it. So I don't know. I don't actually don't know if he has the reign of terror in mind at the gate. I think he does, he does because yeah. I think the reversal is so that he's not so that he doesn't have to suffer the bad effects of being invisible. Yeah. He wants to keep the ability. That's why he like wrote it all down and like he wants oh, yeah. to be able okay. to turn it on and off as mm-hmm. he pleases. So that he can have a normal life when he feels like it. <laughs> and then just go into like invisible mode. Invisible berserker mode whenever <laughs> whenever he feels like it. So the idea like, yes, I ha- I deserve this power. I should be able to control mm, it and do whatever will. I want at will. Mm. And there is no societal reason I shouldn't because these people don't deserve mercy. Yeah, they're not smart and invisible slash visible like yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> they're not smart and or affected by the f- f- refracture of light. <laughs> Yes, like it's I just him you and the know predator. The very common saying, it's yeah. Like... <laughs> They're buddies. <laughs> oh, I can't be less weird about the predator. Like he's straightforward. He has a code. Yeah. He, they. Do we know what gender the predator is? Do they have gender? Yeah, I don't know if they do. Okay, the predator. They, them, predator. Mm-hmm. So that's my takeaway. It's just like I. I also really like the idea that it was the. My thought here has more endings than Lord of the Rings. I'm really sorry about this. And I like the idea that it's personified by like his body just he can't keep up with mm. his reign of terror <laughs> he is still a man yeah like his ideas are physical, still fragile man yeah he, yeah he is limited by the corporeal as are we all yeah he <laughs> thought he like got rid of it and like ah i've become like a new man. i've ascended yes <laughs> not so much still get colds yeah, and your little yeah <laughs> Anyway, now I'm done. That's fine. What about you? Uh, I don't have much to add to that. I think that you kind of, you, you came at it in the big angle and the small angle. Yeah, I took I took both angles. No, Sorry. It's all good. I For me, the, the most, I just really, I'm repeating myself so much, but I love the way that the pure evil megalomaniacal, did I say that right? You did, but that's an insane word now that I think about it. <laughs> Megalomaniacal. Yeah, thank you. Uh, the way that it's presented and acted through and written in this, it's just, it is, he's he's pure evil. Like He's scary. Yeah. Yeah. But it fe- it doesn't feel divorced from reality, even, even though it's obviously. Yes. I mean, yeah. it's that sci-fi thing, right? Of like, what if invisible? What then? Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. What if the, yeah, it's the one, one thing change. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I can see why there's so many sequels because I would, and it's a shame that Claude Rains didn't get to be invisible more. Um, <laughs> I'd like to see less of more of Claude Rains. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to just like if there were sequels of this, I would just watch him ham it up in every movie. Yes, it would be so great. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that I think is really interesting 
that I feel like gets explored a lot in more modern movies, as I'll talk about later in this episode. Yeah. Uh, but he goes on to to talk about how he did it, like, all for Flora. Like, I did it for you so that you'd, sure. you wouldn't be ashamed to be with me and all this stuff. He's doing it for himself. He's yeah. just lying to himself out loud. Sure, yeah. Like, Oh, well, there must be an upside because I'd be able to provide Flora with, like, riches and, and then, yeah. And he sees himself as the protagonist and therefore can do no wrong, which is just, like, a classic... Totally thing yeah classic um, bad guy move but i i love i don't know what it is about i'm fascinated by how it works in this movie in part i think because it starts in the third act like the way that the story is structured and h.g wells talks about this too oh i i read this a long time ago so i'm not gonna be able to pull specifics but about how he was like oh i wanted to write it and then he'd like find the invisible solution and then he'd go invisible and then he'd run away and looking at the story he was just like no it it is not interesting unless you have that cold open of coming out of the cold and like the he's already like quote unquote one like he's he's figured out how to become invisible oh he can have a reign of terror and the (laughs) thing that kills him is just that he He doesn't see himself as fallible anymore yeah and his overconfidence is just like brings him down but all the big plot beats that you'd expect like oh, the second act would end with the with Flora coming to him and being like, no, you can't make yourself invisible. What will happen then? Sure. Will sure. our babies be half visible? <laughs> uh, Which half? <laughs> uh, top half. Or is it like left, right? Yeah. Yeah, that like all of those big emotional beats and like the setup of like you, you'd see him getting like, if this was a movie today where you're trying to build an empathy for the antagonist you have yeah. the first act is showing them getting bullied and then totally like losing the chemistry prize exactly or whatever. Yeah. and then you go i'll show them yeah and, and all of this is just like it's there already in the past and there's allusions to it but yeah 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 they do bring it up but not yeah it's just like you have to deal with this problem now yeah and it's great to see those storytelling shortcuts in there so early in in yeah. movie it, it's good you know okay. what I like? I like that about H.G. Wells' writing, though, too. Yeah. I feel like so much of it is just like, I'm going to make you take this for granted so that we can move the fuck on <laughs> with a very complicated story. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, one of the best cold opens. Just I so love good. It. So good. Yeah. So creepy. Mm, that, like, the vision... Down. Yeah. The vision of the bandage wrap and, like, those specific dark goggles yeah. is so great. It's good. Yeah. Well... Yeah. Now that we're finished fawning over Claude Rains for now. Oh, we're not done <laughs> fawning over Claude Rains. A Claude Rains podcast now. Clo- pro Rains. It's hard to say. Pro Claude Rains. Pa- pro Claude. Pa- pa- pro Claude. Uh, now it's time for us to use the Invisible Man to program a double bill complete with a marquee title. Unless it's invisible this week. You can't <gasps> see it or hear it. Oh, no. <laughs> You just did spooky fingers at the mic. I don't know if you oh, intended just, people to hear that. or I, I heard the organ in my mind. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So if, I, if you would take us away, do the honors and so forth. Here we go. So I'm going with, I know I did like a macro and a micro takeaway this week, but I'm going with my micro of like, how does, what is the, the corrupting influence of power and mm. like how people react to it mm. poorly. <laughs> Usually, Um, and whatever kind of power and how there are different kinds of power and and how that kind of leads people to wield them differently or whatever. Mm. A classic link here is self-experimentation where you just like try and push the boundaries of science. You're like, fuck it. I'm going to do it to myself. Yeah. Here we go. You have a look on your face. I feel like you know what it's going to be because I I love this. Yeah. (laughs) where ultimately the physical body is the downfall and it's the thing you were you thought you had done away with and you wouldn't it wouldn't be a weak link but ultimately it is the thing that every human being has in common you have a body in common with the people that you now hate and see yourself as superior to and it's what does you in in the end so i'm going to build this together with the fly from 1986 (laughs) is that what you thought no i weirdly was thinking of the sam raimi spider-man whatever you were saying made me think of willem dafoe oh sure 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 sure. no no self-experimentation that's what you're thinking yes classic going goblin mode (laughs) going full goblin Uh, I know we talk about it all the time, but Willem Dafoe really is spectacular in that movie oh, yeah. in a perfect comic book way. Like, yeah. there couldn't have been... Anyway. Anyway, sorry for the Talking about that, yeah. <laughs> we'll do that later. Yeah, The Fly. So yeah. I'm not... I haven't seen the one from the 50s or whenever it was, so I'm not going to mm. talk about that one. 
But yes, The Fly 1986 are wonderful, goopy Cronenberg sci-fi horror, um, where he, it's, if you haven't seen it, is just Jeff Goldblum as sort of a, not rejected scientist exactly, but no one will exactly take him seriously, even though he is quite smart. Mm-hmm. And he does develop this, this machine that can transport, and that's all it's meant to be, is just a teleporter. Like, yeah. we're going into, you know, this is going to revolutionize transport. And, like, he doesn't just see the, the small picture, like, you know, housewives will be <laughs> able to do their Put shopping a pie from, from home. One place yeah, to exactly. Another. He's like, no, like oil companies are going to try to murder me if this gets mass produced. Like, this is going to disrupt global economies Mm. at a large scale. And so he has this very grandiose plan for this this technology that he develops. And it goes wrong. A fly gets in the transporter with him when he's demonstrating it to Gina Davis. Is that who's in the movie with him? That sounds right, yeah. And slowly over time like he keeps going too yeah he keeps going through the teleporter because he can feel it making him stronger (laughs) what it is is like the fly dna is starting to like build itself up in his system and so he gets this like super speed and reaction Mm. times and climb on walls climb yeah yeah and so what he thinks is power like he's not balancing the the actual power it gives him with the downfalls Mm. and that's what kills him ultimately is his inability to like take care of his body in this altered state yeah um and he just literally falls apart into a pile of like goop and tendons and muscle fibers yes yep yum it's very sticky um (laughs) Yeah, so just the the idea that yes, you're never going to have power without without a downside, but mm. people who have power see themselves as impervious to downfalls. Yeah, downsides because there's a lot of he has a lot of arguments with Gina Davis, but like no, it's fine, I'll do it again. It's fine. Yes, I want you to go through it too. Yeah. Like it's a very like there is a girlfriend in both movies where he's like, come with me, like yeah. ex- you know, reap the rewards. Or you make of what I've Gina developed. Davis the Kemp there to be like, and sometimes you'll be invisible. Like sure, that. yeah, you'll be my little partner in crime here. <laughs> Yeah, so that's what I'm doing. Both Sweet. horror movies. Yeah. So we're sticking with spooky season. Mm. Yes, I am going to call it something like <laughs> this. Something akin to. <laughs> I'm going to call the double bill um, Weakness of the Flesh. Ooh. Yes. Nice. Yeah, that's what I'm going to go Yeah. <laughs> Think about it. Yes, that's what I'll do. Confirmed. It's like, oh, it's too spooky. It's a Halloween double bill. What do you want from me? Yeah, let's... Fuck you. The na- oh my God, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm sorry I got caught up. Yeah. Sweet. I but. like that because just for the superficial reasons of the least visible man to the most visible stuff coming out of a man. <laughs> you can't look away from what is happening to this guy. It's very, very obvious. Yeah. So, what about you? Well... I am breaking out of the horror movie mold on this, Ooh. so I'm going slightly less spooky. Uh, only slightly. I respect that. But uh, like I said, that I think that this is like a nice take on mad scientist seeks power for power's sake. Sure. But uh, in the case of what I'm going to build the Invisible Man with, the antagonist is successful. Oh. So I like this as a like, here's how it went bad and here's how it could have been good. Okay. Um, yep. Both of these stories, when they start, you're in the third act. In The Invisible Man, he's already been through the experiment and succeeded, and he has the power that he wants to wield. It's just yep. figuring out how to wield it, really. Mm-hmm. It's all, and it's all by his choice. There's no sympathetic angle, really, to it, other than maybe, like, oh, it's a shame he lost his mind. <laughs> like, that's. <laughs> darn. Darn it. Uh, but, like, the, you can blame it a little bit on the monocane, but it come, oh, well, all comes back to, like, it was his choice. He was lying to himself about why he wanted to achieve that power. Yeah. But ultimately, he just wanted unlimited power. It didn't have to be the monocane. Yeah. It could have been anything. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I'm pairing this for its exploration of power dynamics with uh, 2005's Revenge of the Sith. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, walk me through this. I'm refusing to synopsize this because... <laughs> we all know. We ain't got the time. <laughs> Uh, but to me, uh, Ian McDiarmid and um, Ray, Claude Rains' performances are trying oh, to do the same thing. That's true. They're just They're trying to be cackly. cackly and hammy and yeah. like tonal shifts on a fucking dime. Yes. <laughs> should not work and in some cases really do not. Really like <laughs> bipolar presenting performances. Yes. Yes. 
And to flesh out Claude Rain's performance more, you've got Anakin who's like, I'm turning to the dark side for love. And like, no, he's doing it because he likes the power that that imbues within him. Uh, And it's all making the poor choices under that veil of love and not really realizing... It's not even that the Invisible realizes when it's too late. It's just like, oh, it's too late to change this. Oh, well, I'm going to keep doing this. Drat. Yeah. Yep. Dang it. Uh, <laughs> Shucks. <laughs> Gotta go murder a train. And it's all about a manhunt. They're looking for that, that uh, Sith master, the whole Revenge of the Sith, and they don't know where he is. And the Jedi are the cops, and they're stupid. And the Invisible Man, the cops are stupid. <laughs> no one can see what's right in front of them. Right in fucking front of them. Yep. Yep, fair. Okay, so you're saying, like, collapse Palpatine and Anakin, and you have... Yeah. And you've also got Jenner. the idea of, of... I like I was thinking about this pairing because it's like, you have all the power attempts, and they go differently in each movie. Invisible Man is going to Kemp and being like, check out all this power. Isn't this cool? You'll be my visible buddy. That's true. He really tries to, like, cajole at first. He's like... I don't want to kill you. Let's be buddies. Yeah. Like, I'm tired. I just want a cigarette. I just want to talk. I'm not here to fuck you up. But then yeah. he will turn on a dime and be like, and then I will bash your head in with a pipe. Yeah, and there's like a vague threat overhang the whole thing. Whereas yes. between Palpatine and Anakin, you got the vague threat of like, oh, but what happens to your wife? <laughs> don't you? Nice wife you got there. Nice secret wife. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, uh,. That it, yeah, that that the partnership attempts work. It all works for Palpatine. None of it works for our Invisible sure. Man. A bunch of things had to go right for Palpatine, and they did. Yeah, and yeah. then yeah, Invisible Man. It's just not underhanded enough. No, yeah, he's too. He's all text with his reign yeah. of terror. Palpatine saves that until the very end. He's like, you know what? That's true. We're going to be an imperial power, which is just the A reign of terror with better PR with government. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> better benefits. <laughs> First off. Yeah, nice. so that's really the thing that speaks to me. That I just like comparing Claude Rains to Ian McDermott because <laughs> of all the stuff in Revenge of the Sith that does not work, pretty much none of it's, like, I just love watching McDermott have fun None of screen. it is that guy's fault. That's nope. true. Like, bless him, just the all nine movies through, he brings yep. it. And yeah. they both had a pretty equivalent way of, like, they went from stage to screen and they use a lot of stage acting that oh. would look bad. To most, but it works for them for some reason. It works perfectly. This is like, not untethered from reality, but a little super tethered. Yeah, it's... I feel like I'm using this phrase too much, but it's the galaxy brain thing of like, I won't appear that I'm stage acting, I will stage act. Yeah, 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 I don't know how to describe it, but you're right, you're right. You're (laughs) definitely right about that. Oh man, that's great. And you can, oh yeah. He's indeed the Phantom Menace. I know it's not the movie you're talking about. <laughs> Good shit. All right. Yeah. I'll take any excuse to reflect on Ian McDermott. <laughs> Being a big old ham. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Ian. And I'm going to call this Devil of Health the Phantom Menace. Oh, my fucking. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I'm going home. You will, you, we are home. No. I'm leaving. Uh, uh, thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. Nice. Uh, <laughs> So I'm excited to check out more Universal Horrors. Yes. Yeah. I feel like we, we ought to do like an official ranking and see. There's just so many spinoffs. And you just got to go with the like yeah. the origins of each, right? Yes. That's what you use for it. Yes. Yeah. Claude Rains, Boris Karloff, or Bill Lugosi has to be in one of them. And that's that's the stable <laughs> ah, I'm So you're for, discounting. For the time being. Okay. You're Who just, am I discounting? Uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh. I would never. <laughs> Who is that? I don't know. Gilman? He's Gilman. <laughs> we'll come back. To yeah, that. we'll we'll revisit this maybe uh, in <laughs> like a not. year or so. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, you're very welcome. <laughs> uh, as always, I think we recommend all these movies. Maybe not Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you program a Star Wars, you say, I don't really recommend well, this. Well, it's because the, I think the only other time I've done it was with... Uh, was Phantom Menace. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't watch them. I watch them so you don't have to. There you go. I'm taking this one for the team. Uh, yes. But The Fly, if you don't oh, mind body great. horror, fucking go for it. That was my like limit, I feel like, where by mm. the end I was like... <laughs> okay. You, you get slowly introduced to it enough that it's not just... Yes. Nothing is shocking. Yeah. It's just an accumulation of upsetting like teeth coming out at unexpected times. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And on that note... <laughs> 
uh, and the usual October blessing, may your teeth remain in your head. <laughs> <laughs> it's because of all the candy you eat. You don't want them oh, getting. You don't want shit. your teeth getting sick and, and all falling the out. Teleporters, I go through. <laughs> <laughs> yes, may all your teeth remain in your head. May all your eyeballs remain unexploded. <laughs> <laughs> may you remain visible yeah. uh, for this and every year. <laughs> Why am I hearing like, the Charlie Brown Kids Choir starting to sing right now? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, that'll about do us for another episode of Garbage. So you can find us, uh, talk to us on the socials at Garbage Pod on uh, Twitter and Instagram. That's G A R T B A G E Pod. Uh, Aaron, where can the people find ye? If they would like to, I'm also on the socials at Macklebase, M-A-C-L-E-B-A-S-S on Twitter. Yep, yep, yep. And, and you? I'm Dick R. Navis, D-I-C-K-R Navis on Twitter. Um, yeah, so please drop us a rating on the podcast platform of your choice to help more people find the show. Yes, please. Yeah, and uh, we will uh, remain visible here next week with our next episode, so I hope you'll come back and join us for another pile of garbage.